Greetings. Welcome to Cosmic Cooking. I kind of imagine people that experience space court jump in the back seat of a car that's already moving. They don't know the people that are in the front seat and the front seat people are talking. And so they're kind of getting snippets of the conversation and they're picking up on some of it, but they're not necessarily fully understanding. And then the ride's over, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, something happened. There were parts of it that I was into. I'm not fully sure exactly what happened. You know, I'm still in the playground of, yeah, what kind of journey is this? Because right now it's definitely the journey into the unknown. I'm not even completely certain, but I enjoy it, you know. Now, like such is life. So we've been really focusing on what's happening in our lives here on planet Earth and sharing what we see through Stellarium and where the planets are in relationship to the constellations. And that is an ongoing experiment. So I am really glad to have you standing in for Julie today. She's really in the grind right now, getting her PhD in glass blowing. So it's like really down to the wire and she can't, you know, manage all of the time and something about eating a bunch of oatmeal, you know, and choking. So <laughs> all I know is I was like, look, do you have a person that you want to represent you? And she was like, yes. It's, it's me, Moon, bitch. Space cord, space cord. Space cord. May two thousand twenty one. The new moon is in the zodiac sign of Taurus. We invite you to join us as two bitches share their lives here on planet Earth, in connection to the cosmos. Yeah, astrology. Well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's so many different interpretations, so many different ways and variables to factor in. I would really, yeah, like to get on the record what your relationship with astrology is and how you got into it and I guess what level you would say you are. Level meaning like zero being you've been calling astrology astronomy all of your life and level 10 being, you know, you understand the housing system, you understand the archetypes of the zodiac, you understand aspects and you have abilities to interpret charts. As far as understanding, I'd say I'm probably close to an eight or a nine as far as interpretation, I always feel strange about interpreting things for people. It's difficult to interpret if you know the person already and you don't know how much of it is hindsight bias and what you're pulling in from what you've already known. So mm. I probably put myself closer to a five or six as far as that goes, only because I can't differentiate the mm. astrology versus previous knowledge. We would like to introduce a bitch that has many different names. T or Taco. Or Terry, or Taranisaurus Rex, or Tari. In Western astrology, she's identified as Cancer Sun, Aries Moon, Scorpio Rising. My 
intro to it was actually kind of a self-inflicted therapy. I will neurotically and obsessively dive into study if my emotions are not balanced, especially if I am in one of my more depressive stints. I'm not a social butterfly. I tend to seclude myself and deep dive into subjects that I have a vague interest in. Psychology has always been the heaviest hitter as far as things that I've gravitated towards. And so one of the more difficult times in my life. It just so happened that my roommates at the time had a bunch of books on it and I just picked it up one day and I stayed up for the better part of three days straight because I couldn't make myself sleep and I just read these books, read them front to back. And at that point, I'm pretty sure I was just blatantly delirious. (laughs) But it sparked the interest and it gave me a little bit of an outlet. It gave me a way of compartmentalizing not only myself, but a way of helping me view others so that I didn't take things as personally. I started to view them and try and understand the perspectives with more clarity. Mm. And it allowed me to see them through multiple faucets, Mm. which I'm still very grateful for. We would like to introduce a bitch that believes gratitude is an attitude. Rachel. In Western astrology, she's identified as Cancer Sun Cancer Moon Gemini Rising Yeah, I really appreciate it as a profiling system also. I appreciate all systems or methodology practices that kind of compartmentalize people in certain ways. I mean, it allows for perspective and I think understanding and shift of understanding which I also would agree is very helpful in this random human existence that we're in. Helps you put the internal chaos into loosely held boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, extremely loosely held. So have you looked at other systems outside of Western astrology? Like, have you looked at Vedic astrology or Tibetan astrology or... Vaguely. One thing I know about myself is that if I step into something, I will dramatically obsess over it and kind of Mm -hmm. go into a vague hibernation state (laughs) while Mm -hmm. I'm with all this information. But um, I definitely don't have real solid understanding of many others, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You know, Julie and I were considering like becoming study buddies at the beginning of 2021 and really getting more serious about Western astrology. And then she was using Stellarium, which is a software program from her astronomy class, and was recognizing that the placements of the planets were not aligned with the constellations. Rachel is trying to explain that Western astrology identifies planetary placements according to zodiac signs, not constellations. And this kind of threw both of us for like, what? It's not in the constellation of Taurus, but we're saying it's Taurus. You know, like there was an uproar, an internal <laughs> and external one. And Y'all found out about the elliptic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We've since been on a journey of looking at the real night sky and identifying where the planets are in connection to the constellations, which Vedic, as I understand, follows that slightly but its degrees are also off and then 
you know, Western astrology obviously still holds so much truth in the sense of, I think multiple truths can be held in our capacity of consciousness at this time and space. I don't know that that's always the case. I don't know that it'll be always the case, but I do feel like all of the different forms of astrology hold truth. So, you know, as within, so above, I think that's definitely a very famous phrase coined by someone, maybe Plato or Aristotle or one of the, who are the star people? Geronimo? Why? Isn't that a, that's that's wrong. (laughs) Who were all the the star people back then? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Galileo. Galileo's a star guy. Yep. There you go. <laughs> check your own facts, folks. You know, always check the sources. Always check your sources. So, Absolutely. So yeah, without further ado, if you're open to kind of sharing what's happening in your world, specifically like over the past two weeks, what's been brewing and going on leading up to this time and space? As far as the last two weeks, I work for... Habitat for Humanity, and I also have another job. And so I deal with a lot of fundraising. One of the themes that's been going on in the past, like the past two weeks, and this is coming from somebody who's from the South who has now moved up to the North and having to deal with a culture shock, Mm. something called a chicken queue. What does that mean? I said the same thing. Now, my initial response to a chicken queue (laughs) having not given any explanation, Mm. but I was like, you line up for chicken? Why? Like, I didn't understand at all. Right. Yep. I was then told that that I was way off base, although I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty much closer than they are. But they do essentially grilled chicken and like potato salad, beans in a roll, what you would think of as like a barbecue situation. And to go, you drive through, pick up your dinner and leave. And they put it on as like a fundraising event. But it is a thing here. Like a big thing. Like I've seen six or seven in the last week alone. Wow. So it's a season of it. Chicken season. I don't know if you can hear the alarm sounding off where I am. Perhaps a volcano comes soon or a tsunami. If you can't hear it though. Nope. Just disregard. I think you're all good. One repeating factor that's happening kind of internally. I tend to be a very solitary creature and I don't Mm. do well in close proximity to others for a long amount of time. And it's constantly coming up that you kind of have to have a group to thrive. And even though I pride myself on being independent, it makes Mm. things so much easier when you have a crew of some type or just any type of close help. And Mm. that has been kind of frequently coming up and presenting itself to me over and over and over again. And me having to come to terms with like, okay, you can't dig your claws into this so hard. You have to be able to accept some form of help. Things will get so much simpler if you can accept even a little bit of assistance. And Mm. it's difficult. It's difficult for one, because I experience an overwhelming amount of guilt anytime I take any assistance from somebody because I automatically feel like there's no way I could ever repay them, regardless of the logic behind that. Um, And then the underlying need to know that I can take care of myself entirely. Mm -mm. Kind of a coming to terms with, yes, that is something you can do, but a crew, a village, a family will make things much simpler for you. (laughs) Kind Mm. of deal. I'm at work. Mm. I have absolutely no problems asking for help. Mm. I was like, that's the fastest way for me to make sure that I'm doing what I need to, but I'm also doing what's required of me at the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. But on a personal note, I feel like I'm imposing upon people, even if they state that that's not the case. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's always going to be this underlying resentment that will eventually build up and there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. And that's definitely something I'm working on. Probably not very successfully because I don't know what I'm doing. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how does one work on that? You know, like guilt <laughs> knows no logic, right? Oh, and so, yes. yeah, how does one take steps in the direction of, I guess, forgiveness, right? I try to think well, of like the opposition of guilt. Yeah, I think that would be pretty close. Um, grace, mercy, one of these things. Somebody was referring to grace the other day as far as like giving yourself more grace. I know Julie can speak towards this and she probably knows this most about me is that I have a really difficult time with how I'm feeling about things and I don't talk about stuff. Like mm. I will bottle myself up and I will very quickly run away from the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and ironically, Julie has actually helped me come to this point quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I am taking active steps to talk to all these people that I'm dealing with on a daily basis and making sure I have these open conversations and letting them know, like, I genuinely appreciate you and I'm grateful for you. And you need to know that my brain is attacking me right now, (laughs) like, Mm. and that that is what's happening, that it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with, you know, how generous you've been or anything you've ever done. I was like, this is a personal thing. And if I constantly am seeking validation or apologizing, this is the reason why this Mm. is why this exists. Mm. And it definitely can fall to Julie for teaching me how to speak. Yeah. Express yourself. Those are some uh, big themes. Chicken cue, uh, asking for help, expression of feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, I can definitely relate. You know, when I think these past two weeks, I mean, the first thing I actually think of is the full moon. I had an extremely intense full moon, more so than any other full moon that I've had of 2021 for sure. And I know what's happening on my moons because I devote them to sweat lodge. So every full moon and new moon, I go to a sweat. And that kind of is the barometer with regards to cleansing. Exactly. And this one specifically, I don't think I've ever needed so much support from the earth. I have a very strong will. I'm very determined. Like I go early to these things to really be in the space to really, you know, set my intentions and get in order with my prayers and like calling in my answers. Like I get pretty into the ritual of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sweat had me on my back, you know, like I'm usually sitting up and it's four <laughs> rounds, but I was on my back. I mean, I went through the gamut of like laughter to tears to like confessions. I mean, I peed on myself. Damn. Yeah, it was intense. It was really <laughs> intense. <laughs> I feel like it was a cleanse, though. I feel like it was, you know, a lot that I had been holding, specifically, I think, surrounding boundaries and surrounding not allowing support, you know, like, again, like being so strong and being like able to do everything. And I won't need to ask for that. And people should know how to be a proper guest, you know, and just things that I think had been accumulating over time. And then I had two guests staying with me, one kind of on a whim. And it was really interesting for me to see so clearly like, bitch, baby daddy is like not respecting you, not considering you, like snap out of it, you know? Are you hearing yourself, bitch? So I guess themes around listening, listening for what is as opposed to like what you want. 
You know, it was so clear that she wants things a certain way and reality is very obvious, at least to an outsider, like presenting a completely different narrative, but she's not seeing it, you know, she's like just blind mm -hmm. to it. And then my other guest, like she came to my house for like a detox cleanse. I've been running some colonics out of my house and, <laughs> <laughs> and also like a, it's a clean house, meaning it's dry and sober. So there's no oh, nice. intoxicants on the property, which I've never lived on a sober property. And there is a very distinct energetic difference. And the foundation of the property is on the premise of like healing and sanctuary and retreat for healers very often. And so it's kind of in its beginnings, but this bitch that was kind of in preparation to do these colonics was fine, like finally showed up. And I still was not convinced that she was ready to detox because she was just on her phone all the time. And it's like, I don't know, when you come to the space that I'm in, it's like, you got to be ready to do your work, you know, because if you're not going to do your work, like, I don't think you're going to be allowed or like, you're not going to be supported, you know, and sure and enough, be there. yeah, sure enough, like something came up, her phone turned off, like some crazy things happened. And she was like, I, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so either. You know, which it was interesting because I've been having like significantly stronger intuitions around energies of people and knowing like, uh, nope. Or, uh, yeah. And I'm not necessarily vocalizing that. So I feel like I'm being presented with more opportunities to do that. And I'm finding again and again, like, oh yeah, I had that intuition like day one when she came through, but it wasn't until day three when it was like a situation arose that kind of forced that hand as opposed to like me addressing it in the beginning. So to sum that up more neatly, I guess surrender, release, intensity, you know, like the full moon, like just really getting back into that space of like humility, actually, more than anything, like being humble, even in these rituals that I do every two weeks, you know, and just kind of get into this space of like, yeah, I'm so strong, I can do this. And it was like, this shit like knocked me out. And I was like, oh my God, if this is how every sweat is from now on, or if it continues to build like, you know, the impermanence of everything, like I have always thought in my mind, like, yeah, that'll be me one day. But it's kind of like, you don't really think it, you know, <laughs> and then you're it. It, and it's right. like, oh my gosh, okay, I hope that was just that time, you know. Um, yeah, things around listening and seeing things or hearing things as it is, not as you want it to be. And then not only like listening to my intuition, but speaking my intuition or expressing my intuition, I think is also a theme that's come up pretty regularly. And I'm glad for the opportunities. I, I do think I'm coming across opportunities to like integrate these lessons or these themes and it seems more accelerated than you know years past or perhaps my awareness has just accelerated slightly or just become greater than it was than before but integration is super important and I appreciate that I'm cognizant of like the opportunities that are presented again and like progress in those like okay failed there okay did good there old stars yeah I think it's an interesting thing because listening keeps getting brought up and it really does seem like throughout that time period, you being so much more receptive to everything that was coming to you, like mm. even being open enough to experience something like that on the full moon and then just understanding within an instant the kind of feel that you're getting from somebody if through body language or through energy or whatever you happen to pick up when that person mm. walked in. There's so much to listening that people, I don't think, realize. And mm. it has very little to do with your actual ears. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Um, so true. But, so true. Right? I was like, if you are picking up 
on all of that stuff, it makes sense that your body was in that state where it can relax enough to truly experience what's going on mm. and to let go, which can be a very intense experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a part of me that instead of peeing on myself, I should actually have a disclaimer of like, I feel like I broke my water. You know, like there was a birthing happening of some sorts and my water broke. Because, you know, there is a difference when you feel like you have to go, right? And like, that wasn't my sensation. Yeah. So it was very strange to all of a sudden be like, oh my God, I'm peeing on myself. <laughs> Did it feel closer to climaxing in that moment? Ah, uh, no, it didn't. When I think of climaxing, I definitely think of like an ecstasy and like a full body experience. Whereas yeah. with this, it was very isolated. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like this, you know, this um, insight that you brought around receptivity. Like there's definitely something opening in me in more than one way. And in that opening, like I'm invited to stay open. Like that's pretty clear to me. And the way to stay open is to really express the opening, you know, or whatever is being um, experienced in that opening to express it. Cause I think the withholding is where things start to close. So if I have an experience, I'm open and I don't share it or I don't express it or it doesn't like, you know, process, then it starts to, to close, you know, and that's not our trajectory right now. So I can tell that I'm having that conflict of like, no, stay open. You need to say something. Oh my gosh, it's so uncomfortable to say something. Okay, we'll just do it. Okay, just wait one more day. Okay, now you have to say it because now this situation has arose. Okay, now this is easier. Okay, great, let's say it. You know, like this is the entire, you know, some of the inner workings of the people in my my brain, you know. It immediately made me relate back to like veins and blockages and things like that. And you're allowing mm. blood flow. But that might be because my friend talks about nursing all the time. That could be it. <laughs> I mean, they're all related. So it sounds like we have some overlap and some uh, some themes over the past two weeks. Um, the new moon that is coming up is in the Western Zodiac sign of Taurus. We'll definitely have our computer bitch like go over where the planetary placements are in Stellarium. Surprise. We decided to switch things up and not use Stellarium. Instead of sharing the constellation, we will share what zodiac sign each planet is in. The new moon, sun and Uranus are in the sign of Taurus. Mercury and Venus are in the sign of Gemini. Mars is in the sign of Cancer. Jupiter and Saturn are in the sign of Aquarius. Neptune is in the sign of Pisces. Pluto is retrograde in the sign of Capricorn. Chiron is in the sign of Aries. These are the current zodiac sign placements of the planets. Like, would you prefer that people, like, have, quote-unquote, the big three as different planets or different placements? It's really interesting you said that because something's been coming up recently that kind of made me not necessarily adjust my thinking, but at least clued me into maybe I should be looking at something slightly different. It's usually the rising sun and moon, which are pretty big hitters most of the time. I think what controls the first house should probably be mentioned more often. 
because regardless of your rising, sometimes it's not necessarily in the same house. Like my Scorpio rising is in the 12th house. I can't tell you how many times people thought I was a bitch because I wasn't speaking or smiling and I hadn't spoken to them Mm. or I was cold and standoffish and they didn't know they could approach me or they've called me intimidating. But I wonder if that would be a bigger player if you mentioned this is the ruler of my first house and these are my top three to give a better impression of how that person identifies with their own being Mm. versus how they're actually perceived. So when you say ruler and when you talk about your Scorpio rising being also in the 12th house or is it primarily in the 12th house? Is that right? It is. Does that mean it's, it's an intercepted it, house? Is that correct? Or Yeah. Scorpio and Taurus, they're definitely intercepted, but they take over larger chunks of my chart than most others. And I know having a dominant chart, there's a bit of speculation about that anyway, but Scorpio tends to be one of the heaviest aspects across the board, despite my being a Cancer and having three or four different placements in Cancer. Those are all within the eighth house, which is ruled by Scorpio. But... The confusing thing about that is that my biggest hitters are Scorpio, Taurus, and Cancer, and yet I never stay in one place. I'm never in a home. I'm never craving to be domestic. I'm constantly traveling, constantly seeking philosophical like ventures and change, constant change. And I was like, this isn't represented anywhere in my huh. chart, but my first house, it's in Sagittarius. I was like, I have questions <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of cancer placements also, and I very much identify with the traveling bit, the moving, and just as you were saying that, the constant change, the only thing that came up for me is the emotions. Like, my emotions Mm -hmm. are constantly changing, (laughs) and so to actually house myself, using that term, home, house, in my emotions, I think would be accurate, because that is definitely something that grounds me. And that's also ironic and seemingly paradoxical because how can you be grounded in something that's constantly changing, you know? I try to pay attention as much as I can to like consistent feelings and try not to do positive or negative, just sort of weave it into how I know I take things in. So Mm. if you notice something is frequently coming up or that there's... A consistent feel to how these rooms are working. The person who's dealing with it, it very much comes down to how their personality decodes things and takes information in and then spits out different information. So mm-hmm. for me, I wouldn't translate this the same way that like Julie would or mm-hmm. my boss would for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so it helps me kind of play with the idea of like, okay, so this is going to affect me in this way, or it's going to make me feel a certain way. And Mm. knowing that this particular feeling tends to trigger this reaction from Mm. me, at least now I'm slightly more aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then paying attention to like, okay, this might allow me to get an example or visualization of how this is going to affect somebody else and how they take this Mm. and how they deal with this feeling. Mm -hmm. And then culminates in teaching me more about the other people around me. Makes sense. Might be a bit vague. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is, but it still makes sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I mean, everyone has like their lens in which they experience life slash will see things through, you know, even feel things through, you know, mm-hmm. whatever sensory, you know, apparatus you want to utilize, right? Like that is a, that is a fact. So take it to that next level of like, okay, so now you have these planetary influences and how will you now respond? Well, the way that you see, the way you taste, the way that you feel that may look consistently this way. So you can kind of have some gauge of like, okay, this is what I'm looking at, or this is what I could prepare myself for. But in all actuality, it could play out a variance of that, you know? I mean, that's kind of what I interpreted from what you were saying. Like, okay, so we have these influences and you want to look at consistency. So like, okay, when this happens here, this is what I generally feel, you know? And you can probably track that. Like, okay, the first time, okay, that's what I'm noting. The second time, okay, I'm noticing maybe a pattern, but I'm not going to, you know, dive in deep yet. Third time, okay, I'm paying more attention. Fourth time, all right, this is definitely a strong like indication that when this placement is happening, I can take these steps to create more harmony probably in my world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the aim to have a sense of harmony in our choices and in our existence and whatever that may look like. You know, I don't think harmony has to be, you know, lions and lambs laying in grass fields. Like I think harmony can be an acceptance of a lion over a slain sheep, you know? Oh shit. Look at this bitch. (laughs) Unbelievable. Classic. It definitely allows for more like interpersonal knowledge. Hey! (laughs) Right in the heart of our conversation, we're interrupted by somebody. (laughs) That gorgeous face. Yep. She's got her glasses on like, I've been studying, guys. That's why I couldn't be on the call, guys. Look at me. I'm doing doing work, guys. (laughs) Can't fool us, bitch. (laughs) You're over there looking all damn fancy and shit. Yeah, so fancy, scholarly. Your mute is on. We can't hear anything from you, Julie. We can't see you. We can't hear you. You're just teasing teasing us. I missed you. <laughs> You're so curious. You can't even study because you know we're on on here just talking, having lots of fun, star stuff, life stuff. <laughs> yeah. What are they talking about? I need to know. I gotta know. I want to hear it. <laughs> you can listen Red in. Sheep. We're oh right in God. the heart. We're right in the heart of how someone can find acceptance and harmony in a lion staring at its like prey that it just slaughtered. That harmony takes on different imagery, you know, but I think Grotesque this is beauty. What a beautiful like, topic. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're deep over here. I think we're that's deep. an awesome topic. Sorry, go ahead. I won't interrupt. I'll just listen. Go ahead. Sorry, guys. Like on that same vein, it's one of those things of observing those kinds of things allows for you to open up and be aware of yourself a little bit more clearly and get to see your own, obviously your own patterns and mm. and try and recognize them and not be afraid to acknowledge them and take an, you know, an accountable, you know, stance towards it. And the interesting part of this is that once you start to understand yourself, I know that I have a knack for obsessing and like blatantly studying other individuals with a morbid curiosity, constantly trying to figure out how they function. Mm. And so using myself as a constant and figuring out, okay, this is what I've been brought up against over and over and over again. And this is how I reacted knowing how I'm set up. Mm. We can use this and this kind of equation of sorts to start piecing other people together. If I'm the constant, then they're the unknown variable that I get Mm -hmm. to watch. I only have one or two things as far as information on them, if anything at all. And so Mm -hmm. you get to see this like stimulus that they don't have any ideas going on and how they're going to react to it in real time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like some weird drug trial. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, it can be really fun, like a really fun experiment in life, you know, but I think patterns can be so ingrained that as much as that sounds like sexy and fun, the realities of that happening are not necessarily the case. At least for me, it's like, I can know my patterns, but I'm still so conditioned to like go back to them. It's very hard for me to get out of that space, but I am optimistic that in trying to be more playful in life and to take on more levity in my choices that can be a pattern that I break through, like a conditioning that I break through. Like I don't hold it so tightly, you know, the patterns. They're incredibly difficult to break, especially if it's something that's tied into your emotional state of being. Uh, So if it's something you've used as a coping mechanism at some point, getting yourself out of it, (laughs) that's a lot of unraveling you got to do. We definitely don't talk about this much astrology ever. So it's a good change up. And I really appreciate all your insight. I really do. It's, it's very apparent that you have a lot of experience through self-exploration and study, you know, and just in interactions with others. And I really appreciate that, especially if psychology is something that's always like kind of grabbed at your attention. Like I'm sure you've used a lot of that application into your astrological journey, you know, and I think that's apparent also. And it's it's just always, I think, yeah, such a gift to be able to like share knowledge and share story and share our experience. So that's what this platform is like all about. Space Chord, Space Chord. Inspired by our natal chart and synastry readings of Britney Spears, Space Court will now utilize Britney's Gimme More in our moon introductions. All credit and thanks goes to Britney Spears and her constituents.